Hello and welcome to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast brought to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. I'm Chamber CEO Rick Rungaitis and today's guest is Mike Winter. Mike is CEO President of Hillside Properties, which is associated with Keller Williams La Jolla. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Rick. Real glad to be here today. So we're going to talk about a subject that is on everybody's mind, um, probably more so than ever because it's the um, it's the very challenging real estate market. So uh, just to kind of, uh, well, first of all, just to get started a little bit, tell us a little bit about how long you've been involved in, in real estate here in uh, San Diego County. Yeah, so, uh, and I've been a licensed realtor for a little over 20 years. Um, I bought my first house in 1995, which was even a little bit earlier than that, uh, in San Marcos. Grew up in Escondido, and my dad's always been a real estate guy. His dad before him was doing subdivisions and building stuff in Escondido uh, back in the 50s and the 60s. And so uh, professionally, I've been earning a living doing it for about 23 years, but kind of runs in my blood a bit. So I get to stand on the shoulders of some of those other folks. Well, tell us a little bit about what what's... Uh you know, one thing I love about doing these podcasts is the person that sits across from me is always very passionate about what they do. And so I'm sure you're passionate about the real estate. Tell us a little bit about what drives you to be in this industry for 20 years. You know, I, that first house that I bought in 1995, I was a pretty young guy. I was 22 or 23 years old. And I kind of don't know how I ended up being the owner of a home. Somebody was willing to lend me all that money and, and let me be the owner of a home as long as I could make a payment. How much was it? As $130,000. Okay. I asked you that because the first house I bought was 64000 not 164000 yeah. $64,000, but that was in Des Moines yeah. many, many years ago. Yeah, that's right here in San Marcos, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath house, uh, paid $130,000 for it. And about four years later, I ended up buying another house, a brand-new build house. And once again, I didn't kind of know what was going on. You know, the builder was talking me into this and the financing and all this sort of stuff. I really didn't even know what was going on. I provided my financials, said, hey, I can make the payments. And it wasn't six months after that, um, I thought, you know, I could do better. You know, I could help people understand how this process works so that there's not, so there's already enough headache with moving and moving your family and maybe moving kids into different schools and all this sort of stuff that the logistics of it of buying the house, you know, um, I didn't have any real estate agent when I bought that second house, um, because it was a new build and I really didn't have anybody helping me with the loan either because the builder did that. And that kind of turned my mind to, I wonder if I could help people out with that. And that stuck with me for years and years and years. And so over the years, I've done a lot of different components of real estate. I've been involved in lending and owning a mortgage company, property management, but I've most enjoyed helping people as a realtor. Um, and yeah, I'm almost surprised myself, you know, that I'm still excited about the prospect of helping people out with stuff like that. Yeah, but it must be gratifying because it can be a very stressful process. Um, I, I think probably more so now than ever, just because yeah. of, uh, the challenges. So it, it must be gratifying to be able to, uh, help people ease their nerves and guide them the right direction. Yeah. It's usually not a low stress thing. You know, I'd say half of people moving are moving, you know, to some degree, somewhat involuntarily, you know, there's something going on that is causing them to, to need to move or have to move. And it could be kind of, hey, we've had kid number three and we need another bedroom and so we're going to move. But they're kind of pushed into it. Uh, but then there's some people that it's kind of pleasure. You know, it's like, hey, we're getting to we're going to move closer to the coast. We've always wanted to do this. or We want to buy our dream home. And but even that kind of has a lot of stress. And so if I can, yeah, if I can alleviate people's stress, um, I'm really happy about that. And the other thing that's important to me is 
unfortunately, there's a lot of opportunity for poor service, right? For even fraud or people getting really bad advice, you know, stuff like that. And so what's important to me is saving people, you know, from that, being a good resource to uh, whether they're actually buying or selling a house. There's all kinds of needs that people have around homes. And so being a good resource for that is super important to me. Very gratifying, like you said. All right. So there's those two sides of the market. There's the buyer's yeah. And there's the sellers. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about the market where it is now and specifically in San Diego, because it's, it seems like we've been here now 11 years, moved from the Chicago area, um, which isn't cheap. Uh, but uh, it seems like, you know, prices have continued to skyrocket in, in this area. So talk a little bit about where the market is now. We're in kind of uncharted waters, um, you know, a year and a half ago or so, as we thought, you know, rates started to maybe creep up. Um, I think there was a lot of people, even industry experts, people that have been in the business for decades calling on, you know, prices are going to go down and we can't, you know, have interest rates start to go up and prices stay where they are. But the very, very low inventory, because nobody wants to give up their 3% interest rate here at the end of 2023, um, that means that prices have continued to rise, which is pretty counterintuitive for most people. Um, you know, right now we're seeing interest rates actually get up close to 8%, which for most homeowners and particularly buyers that are, you know, haven't maybe bought a home before, it's almost seems unprecedented. Although rates were 8% not that long ago, historically speaking. I mean, you were talking Back about- Back in the day. Yeah, I was going to say, when you first <laughs> bought your house for right. $64,000, what was your interest rate? You yeah, remember? it was double digits, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we, the- the economy survived that, you know, back in the seventies and the eighties, we had these 14, 15, 16% interest rates and, you know, we're still around. We, we made it through. Um, right now the market is such that in San Diego County, you know, it's really not a bad time to buy. It's just whether or not you can afford, you know, to buy. Um, I do believe that if interest rates start to go back down and we see anything close to, you know, that starts with a five, you know, five and a half percent or even five and three quarters percent, well, prices are just going to get pushed up again. You know, buyers are going to flood the market. And so if you have the ability to buy something now, even if it's a stretch, you know, even if you really got a stretch to make it happen, I mean, I think it's a good idea because as soon as next spring or next summer or or a year from today, as we sit, if rates go down by a, a point or a point and a half, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, prices are going to go down. Right. You know, it means prices are probably going to go up. So anyway, it's one thing to think about. Well, that's why I want to get into a little deeper, too, with regards to tips for buyers, because, um, you know, from a seller standpoint, it's like confetti cigars and champagne, it feels like. Right. And so for a buyer's for a buyer, it it has to be. Well, I'm a recent we're a recent buyer. So we've just been through the market. So it's it's extremely challenging. So what what tips do you have out there for people that are, you know, some people may be in a situation where they. They, they need to buy or they want to buy and it's like now or never. So what, what do you have some tips for those people? Well, I think first and foremost is to really understand well the financial aspects of all of it, you know, because people that are paying rent, um, you want to work with somebody and it doesn't necessarily need to be a realtor. I'm certainly ready to be a resource for anybody in this regard, but a CPA, a financial planner, even a tax planner, anybody that's in the financial space to really look at those numbers. We've got people that are paying a month in rent. And then they're looking at buying and it's going to cost them 5,500 bucks a month, let's say. 
And they go, well, I, you know, I don't have that extra $800 a month to buy. But if you do the math and you look at the tax savings, you know, the tax exemption that the IRS affords you, uh, some of those other things, at the end of the day, they're a lot, they might be a lot closer to even than you think. Um, but, it, you know, so many of us are used to guessing at that stuff. Right. You know, we kind of guess at our budget. We guess at how right. things are going to turn out. And there's no need to guess. I mean, you can really get a pencil out and look at all that stuff very specifically. What are my property taxes going to be? What are my, what's my insurance going to be? Now, there are some advantages to renting. You don't hopefully have to do maintenance, right? So you don't have some of those costs. And so it's, it's about getting with somebody that's going to give you the real black and white. So that's a great tip, you know, is to get with somebody. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm ready to be that person. But get with somebody that's going to really tell you the truth about where you're going to end up you know, years number one and two and three, because three years down the road, your rent could also go up, right? Where that, that mortgage payment should stay pretty static. Um, so that's one tip is just to know your finances really well. Well, I, and I think that's a great tip because it's, um, and, and I'm guilty as, uh, of it as well, because it's like, a lot of times you don't treat your personal life like your professional life. So like in the, your professional life, you wouldn't dream of doing anything without a budget. Right. 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 And, and the same goes with your, with your personal life. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are better at than I am, but it's, uh, um, it's even more important. Yeah. Well, and people wouldn't think that of, they, they want some other sort of tangible tip, you know, some, some magic trick. And it comes down to some fundamentals. And one of those is know your, know your numbers, you know, know your budget. Um, uh, for those that are self-employed, understand what it takes to get the kind of financing that you need. You know, it can be a little bit different than somebody that's uh, been in the same job for 20 years making W-2 income. So those those things are really, really important. People start to imagine buying a home or, or even selling and buying another home. And then that imagination takes them to Zillow, you know, or online, realtor.com. And they start looking out and they still haven't looked at their finances real close. Right. You know, so, right. so one tip is it's not the sexiest, you know, tip, but look, know your finances and talk to a professional that can do better than you guessing, but can give you really, really, really real numbers. And there, from there on, there's some, there's some other things. I think something else I would think of is if you are a buyer that already knows your numbers, already has your financing set up, um, it's really understanding you know, what your options are in, instead of um, just taking what's out there. So sometimes people are feel like in a rush or they feel like in so much of a hurry that, yeah, they dive in. And we've had throughout 2020 and 2021 and even into part of 2022, you know, a lot of people regret the decisions they made. They felt like they had to beat out 20 other buyers and they kind of got in that mindset of, well, we've got to beat everybody else. It's right. Like, yeah, but is this really the house you want, you know? Like, well, this is the third house we've gone after or the eighth house we've gone after. Um, and then they get there and it's like, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. So once again, surrounding yourself with professionals and other advisors that are going to help you be a little bit more objective. I mean, it's an emotional thing. Right. But um, that's another tip is to just have somebody that can help you objectively look at your options. And, um, and of course, I've been with buyers that have a hard time ever deciding. You know, they're always waiting for the next better thing. And so there is a point at which you kind of have to say, well, we're going to have to compromise a little bit. I got a list of 12 things I want with the house I'm going to buy. Maybe I'm only going to get eight of them. You know, maybe I'm only going to get six of them. Um, but holding off a little bit, I'll tell you a quick story, right? Not to take too much time. No, take your time. Oh. I had a client recently wanted to buy a home down here in North San Diego County. They're moving down here from L.A. County. And, um, you know, they were still going to finish out 
uh, six or nine months of their career in L.A. County before they needed to move. They wanted to move down here to be close to their grandchildren, their kids and their grandkids. And the first thing they told me is, you know, we're getting a little older. We'd love to have a single-story house. But there's not a lot of those for sale, not in the size that they wanted and the price range that they wanted. And so they're, you know, nine out of ten of the houses that we would see pop up were two-story. And they had a bedroom downstairs. This is a little tiny bedroom. You know, it wasn't greatest. And they, off, they many times wanted me to write them an offer, you know, write an offer for them to get into a two-bedroom. I'm like, look, you guys have nine months to find a house. Wait for a single story. Yeah, but we're just, you know, we get drive all the way down here from L.A. to look at houses. It's such a pain. <laughs> You're going to live here for 20 years. <laughs> right. you know? It's worth Big the picture. Yeah, yeah, let's wait. And you know what? It, it didn't take too many trips. That very first weekend we looked at houses, they, they had me write an offer. And I really kind of talked them out of it. You know, now, of course, I love to sell another house, so that's right. fine. But my job is to serve my client. Right. And I'm really happy to say that about two weeks ago, we closed on a fantastic house, right? It's single story. It's got all the space that they want. It's got the pool. It's got the backyard. It's on a cul-de-sac. It's, you know, it's all the things that they wanted. And I could see a lot of other professionals just saying, yeah, let's get it done. You know, let's write this first off. Let's get it done. Instead of really trying to be a long-term advisor, and even against their own, in, you know, instincts saying, yeah, you really, you really ought to wait. You know, I, I know we can find something better than this. And uh, sure enough, we did. And that's, again, that's super gratifying for me. So, well, and, and it should be because it is hard to wait. And it's, yeah. be, and especially, uh, that's the one thing we didn't talk about is the lack of inventory. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's not a lot of houses out there compared to years past. So I could see where, you know, as a, in their situation as a buyer, it's like, geez, we're going to, we're never going to find something, right. but, um, but they're out there. Well, when you know the market well enough, if you're working with a professional that has been through big recessions in the past and has been through some of these big changes, then, you know, I'm able to say, well, from a longer perspective, you know, a, a month or two isn't a lot of time. And actually, you know, we always see a bump in the market these times of the year you know, or this is what's historical in San Diego County. Being able to know that can really help me serve my clients really well um, to where when they say, man, I just see no inventory right now. I like, yeah, well, it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. You're probably not going right. to see any. Can, can you wait until February or March? Because you know, it's probably going to be better then. So um, that's my goal. I, you've maybe heard me say this in the past, but, you know, living in this community for as long as I have and having so many friends and family and past clients I'm going to run into people at the grocery store, right? You know, and I'm going to run into people coming around the corner and I never, ever want to have to turn around and walk the other way <laughs> because <laughs> me either. Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, sold them something or walked them into a situation um, that I knew better, you know, right. or that I could have saved them from. So that's a little bit of my, uh, my, you know, my motivation. Well, that's good. And that's what makes you successful. Um, we're talking with Mike Winter. Mike is the CEO, president of Hillside Properties, which is associated with Keller Williams La Jolla. Uh, Mike uh, has been a chamber member for several years, and uh, we appreciate that. And you wear, you're talking about, you know, your association with San Marcos, and um, you're a very active chamber member. So let's talk about some of the other things that you're doing in the community. And first I want to start with CSUSM, yeah. um, because I know you um, you do some teaching over there. You work with the students and uh, appreciate all the work that you, that you do. It's very important um, and also must be very gratifying. But talk a little bit about... Uh, what your association is with CSUSM. Yeah, teaching is a passion of mine. I love training and teaching and, you know, if I can, delivering an aha moment 
you know, to people. And a lot of times that's around real estate, which I am glad to do, but really any business topic or life topic. I've got five kids myself. So, uh, the youngest of which just graduated high school. So they're now all adults, you know, (laughs) air quotes around adults, but, um, (laughs) that group of people, the, the student, um, are just really important group of people to me. It's such a time of life where you need contributors and, um, you know, a, an executive in residence is a program that they have up at Cal State San Marcos. You're familiar because I'm you are participating for the first time. One. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and so I got a chance to do that. And after participating there for a semester or two, I was asked to operate as a lecturer or a professor for that that course. Um, and it's really fantastic to be able to offer these skills to these students who aren't all kids, you know, some of them are, yes. are, are veterans or seasoned professionals that are making a career change or whatever it is. Um, so what we do up there is uh, there's about 40 to 50 executives and residents at any given time, people like you and me that are contributing to the school um, by helping to train, you know, the students and be a resource to them in a lot of different capacities. We don't have time to talk about all of them, but I think the main one is just to help them Based on feedback from the community, the professional community, Cal State San Marcos became aware that hey, their students are graduating, they make great employees, but they're not interviewing real well, or they're missing some of these soft skills right out of the gate. And so um, the administration at Cal State San Marcos, and particularly the College of Business Administration, created a curriculum and rolled it out as a pilot years ago, made it a an optional class, an audit class at first, in fact. You got no credit for it. Really? Uh, at first, yeah. And enough students took it and said, hey, this is helping me, that they turned it into a, you know, four credit. And now it's a mandatory. Yeah, it's uh, very class. valuable for yeah. them. Yeah, so um, so I get to teach that. And, you know, that, uh, you know, makes me feel great. I, I mean, Wednesdays are the day I teach. And uh, throughout the semesters, um, I've taught at different days. Sometimes at the end of the day, it could be a long day. And then I know I got to go stand up in front of, you know, 40 students that may or may not be that happy to be there. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and, and sort of deliver to them for two hours. And no matter how long my, the night before has been or how long my day feels, uh, at the end of those two hours when I'm walking out of there, you know, I, I mean, I feel great. I feel like I've, I've helped somebody. You know, I've, I've, I've exposed them to some information that can really be life-changing. And there's just nothing... There's not much better than that uh, yeah. from my perspective. Yeah, no, it's great. And um, we'll include uh, episode notes. We'll have some links to uh, to Mike and Hillside Properties, and uh, we'll also have some links in there to, to CSUSM. So if you want more information about that program, um, you know, this is the first time I've done it. Uh, what I – is part of that executive in residence is meeting with students uh, twice a year for a coaching session for an hour. Um, I love it. And one of my biggest takeaways though, is that, and you know, we get all caught up in social media and all this stuff. And um, you know, it's so easy to stereotype. And I think that generation has been, you know, every, well, they're all entitled. They don't think that, and yeah, some maybe feel like that, but the majority of them are, they're, hardworking. Almost everyone that I've talked to is working while they're going to school. Um, They want to learn. They want to get their resumes in shape. They want to get better at public speaking. Mm -hmm. They want to improve their cover letter. They want to understand how do I network? How do I meet people? Mm -hmm. So it's, it to me has been very refreshing experience to, um, to actually meet with these students and see what they're really about and not all this 
all this stereotype about, well, they're all entitled. They're not, they're all blah, 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 blah. A lot of that's just a bunch of social media stuff. And uh, there's always going to be some in any age group that feel entitled. Right. right? right. Uh, But it's been a great experience for me. Yeah. No, it's, it's worth uh, sticking after. I'm glad that the platform is there to participate in. So. Yeah, no, th- and thanks for doing that. And, yeah. and I'm so glad from a chamber perspective we can get involved in as well. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is um, you're also part of our leadership. You're the co-chair of our, our leadership committee. And from a chamber perspective, I, there's I've been here for six years now, and this is probably for me, uh, outside of Rising Stars, one of the most exciting projects we've been involved with. Um, we've put together a couple. Of lead- we've put together one leadership workshop. We've got another one coming up. Um, and then on November 8th, and then, uh, so we want to talk about that a little bit, but then also working towards launching a, uh, certified leadership program. So, uh, talk a little bit about what that committee's doing and more than what I just said. Yeah, no, um, well, I, it sticks in my mind, your, your vision for that. Uh, I think just hearing you talk a little bit about that earlier this year, I think it was, maybe maybe late last year, but uh, I think earlier this year about the different types of leadership resources and academies that are available to people in the county and even here nearby and even at Cal State San Marcos, uh, but that a lot of those entail a lot of anecdotal experience, you know, getting to be shoulder to shoulder or even belly to belly with some very um, successful entrepreneurs or business owners, and then calling that a leadership experience or a leadership academy or a leadership education. And I think your vision for, uh, and, a, and a, I don't know if we want to call it academy necessarily when we're stuck on that word, but for the chamber here in San Marcos was a place where people are actually equipped. So they don't just hear stories or aren't just necessarily rubbing elbow to elbow or belly to belly with somebody that's been, been successful, but they're actually, um, being delivered tools, right? Training, real tangible um, things that they can get out and do and exercise to become better leaders, better professionals, more successful. And that that was really interesting to me. That, that, that spoke to me. And so I said, well, I want to be a part of that, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so that's, I think, sort of our vision or our mission for, for the leadership committee is to build something that is really equipping equipping and engaging and at the same time is community oriented which is even cooler because now you're you've got your you've got your neighbors you know you've got your colleagues um you may even have some of your competitors right you know but but there's enough business out there for everybody if we can collectively get in a room and start to equip one another um it means that uh, these students coming out of cal state san marcos have a better place to work right it means that they're also um Places where solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, I think first-time managers, I think of people like this. Sometimes first-time managers, somebody just starting a business. They never, never managed people before they started a business. Right. And where do they get equipped? And there's so much rah-rah out there. There's so many, you know, motivational, inspirational types of events or things you can sign up for, conferences you can go to. And those are great. Believe me, I've, I've been to a lot of them, and I love them. But they're not as equipping as they could be. You know, they're not as, they don't help you with sustained growth, I think, as much as could happen. And so I think our first workshop was great. Really looking forward to the next one that we're doing, where we are endeavoring to, to deliver some of those tools. We want people to walk out of that Deeper room. Deeper dig. Mm-hmm. Yep. We want people to walk out of that room with, well, when I came in here, I didn't have these three things. And as I'm leaving today, I have some things I didn't have that I can actually build 
you know, with some building blocks. And um, there's a lot out there, tons of, you know, a podcast, tons of uh, YouTube videos, tons of uh, books written, uh, all kinds of things on leadership. But for this to be kind of a grassroots, you know, community thing, I'm, I'm just really excited about it. Well, and I am too. And I think one of the biggest challenges from a, from a chamber standpoint is we have to continue to create value. Why, why are businesses joining the chamber? Right. And so, so creating value and providing resources for our members is critical. And I think this one's off the charts. You know, we filled the room. We had capacity for our first workshop. So that's telling me that we're offering something that people want. Uh, I wish I could take the credit for the vision of, I wanted to put together, uh, uh, I thought it was critical that we put together some type of leadership program, leadership academy. But to be quite frank, my vision was doing what other chambers, and I know CSUSM does a leadership North County, was was doing something similar to that. And it came out of the committee. That's why that committee is so, is so um, impactful, is mm-hmm. because it's just getting the right people in the room, having that conversation. And then it was like uh, one of those, I remember sitting there, it was like one of these aha moments. And it's like, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. They need actual skills that they can take back. And not only just the the owners and the CEOs, but they can take, they can send their staff mm-hmm. at a minimum, you know, a fraction of the cost of what it would be for, for a larger uh, right. program and be able to get this amazing content and really uh, help them personally and professionally. So as you can tell, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that you're part of it because uh, it's, you know, you bring a lot to the table with your with your teaching background, with your knowledge, and it really it really showed in that last uh, the first workshop that we did. That was good. Well, that's just another example. Like you say, the committee, the collective, there can't got to it next level where the idea was going to go. And and I think that we're less interested in sitting a bunch of people down and telling them this is what you have to do, as opposed to creating an environment right, to introduce tools and equip people and then say, okay, how's that working? You know, wh- how can we, what else can we do? It's a community thing. It's, it's not going to be built to be a top-down, let us tell you right. kind of thing. It's going to be built to say, hey, this is the collective knowledge we have. Now, as we iterate, what else can we do? How can we help you improve, you know, your business, your company, your leadership skills? Well, and we appreciate you sharing your time and knowledge with that committee. Um, it's because it's just, it's, it's great. I mean, it's just so exciting. We'll have information on our episode notes uh, November eighth, I believe, from seven thirty to nine is going to be the next um, the next workshop, and then we'll be able to roll out the leadership uh, uh, program uh, coming up first quarter of two thousand twenty four. Uh, Mike, before I let you go, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have you shine up the crystal ball a little bit and okay. kind of give us going back to um, your profession, uh, real estate. And, you know, what is, you know, what are your thoughts? Where is the, where do you think the market's headed? Well, we're seeing even a lot of people that pulled back over the last year and a half, particularly buyers, uh, as interest rates went up, they're starting to get a little restless. You know, the reason to want to buy a house hasn't gone away, whether that's, they think they can provide for their family better, they can create wealth better, all those sorts of things. And so there's some restlessness and buyers are coming back into the market, even at these higher interest rates. So it's just like you and I getting used to paying six bucks for gas. Oof. There's kind of a new normal. And I, I hate to use that analogy. Hopefully we get back down to where, you know, it's reasonable, but somewhat similar to that. So I do think we're going to continue to see, uh, you know, an influx of buyers, which is going to keep prices where they are, if not going up. And if you're a seller, it's just about where you're going to go next, you know, because then you become a buyer. 
So I do think prices are probably going to tick up. We've got a real broad, you know, bunch of recommendations and or predictions from industry experts. But I think we'll see a continued relatively steady climb. You know, homes will be worth 10% more next year than they are right now, which is kind of challenging when they're already averaging a million bucks a house, you know. Um, But uh, we will see more inventory, you know, probably in the springtime, which is always the case. Uh, and so we'll see more movement. I, I'm hopeful that we'll see more movement. We probably saw a 30 to 40 percent uh, loss of inventory over this last year, and and that'll pick back up again. So hopefully that'll help everybody. Hang in there, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So hang in there, <laughs> uh, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rick. So we've been talking with Mike Winter, CEO, President of Hillside Properties, which is associated with Keller Williams in La Jolla. Uh, again, thanks to all our listeners for, for listening today. You've been listening to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast brought to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. And remember, every Tuesday from 3 to 7, the San Marcos Farmer's Market, right outside our front door here in North City on North City Drive. Uh, that's every Tuesday from 3 to 7. Please check it out. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great day.